Let me introduce myself for those of you who don't know me. My name is Eder Ibarra. Uh, my wife and I, we've been members of Calvary for 10 years now, but we're more involved in the Spanish service. And as Pastor Julio Guarneri was saying, I've been uh, part of the preaching team in the Spanish, but now I'm glad to be here this morning with you. And, and I'm going to tell you something uh, about me. Uh, I'm a big football soccer fan. I, I love football soccer. And I love, I'm a fan also of uh, British rock music. I'm a big fan of British, British rock music. And, and my taste in music is now considered oldie since my favorite bands are from the 90s. And, and you know, uh, in my life, I've, I've gone to many soccer matches and, and I love the atmosphere there in the stadium, the, the crowds cheering the team uh, just to watch 22 men kicking the ball. And, and, and you know, we as fans, we, we talk about the passion that we have for our teams, but one of the main reasons we go to the stadium is because it entertains us to watch soccer. It is very entertaining, and, and we fans are the spectators um, there in the stadium, passing through joys, uh, frustrations, pressure, defeats, and the best of all, victories. And I've also been to many concerts, and the reason I go to the concerts is definitely has to do with entertainment. I like the entertainment in the concerts. And sometimes I don't like to be the spectator. That's, that's true. I don't like to be the spectator. When, when I go to different events, maybe a circus or any different event, and they ask for, a particip uh, uh, for the participation of uh, one spectator, guess who is the one to raise the hand first? That's me, that's me, I like to participate. And even when Pastor Warneri told me that I would probably be preaching uh, the th during the three services today, and he asked me if I was willing, and my response was, well, I'm not that great preacher, but I'm always open to challenges. I didn't grow up listening to Christian music, and when I heard a, a, a Christian rock band Late in, in the late 90s, um, they were audio adrenaline. I don't know if you know them, but they were audio adrenaline. And I said, hmm, I really like those guys. They sound like, like you too. I really like them. Uh, so, so years passed. Uh, God had already done his work in me, and, and I was a youth leader. So I went to this uh, youth pastor's conference in Arlington called Conclave. And I had a, a, a sur they had a surprise for me. I didn't know that during the night we were going to have a concert with audio adrenaline with my favorite band. So the night of the concert arrived and, and I became a spectator once again. But suddenly, during, during the halfway through the concert, the main singer, he says, okay, now we're going to give the opportunity for a group of people to come to the stage and sing with us. And guess, was, guess who was the first jumping and raising the hand to go to the stage? That was me. So the singer saw me and he said, yeah, come over. So I went to the stage and, and I began to sing with audio adrenaline with one of my favorite bands. And, and for sure, that, was, that, that is me singing with, with, with them. So 
for sure that was one of the best nights of my life when as spectator, I became a participant just for a few moments and sang with my favorite band. Today, um, nowadays, the church in general has a big rotation of attendance. We have many Christians, men and women, who go to church but don't necessarily belong to a church. And what ends up happening is that the church becomes a type of event for spectators, where we come, we sit, we expect to hear a good sermon, good worship, for someone to help our kids to not get involved in drugs or in problems. We expect the church to be of good quality and to be there for us as spectators. And what we see in the Bible is very different from what the local church should be. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. What Apostle Peter is teaching us is that we are not the guest of honor in the temple of God. We are not simple spectators. We have a very special role in the spiritual temple. We are nothing more, nothing less than the living stones of the house of God. And, and, and we are those stones that fit very well with each other, holding each other, supporting each other. So why join a specific church if, if I have Christ in my life and, and I belong to the universal church of believers? Yes, that, that is right. Uh, but there is also... Uh, here is where the local church comes. Because local churches are a microcosm of the universal church. And we are supposed to gather and grow in, local, in, in our local church, not only as spectator, but as a participant through membership. Yes, it is true. The Bible doesn't mention the word membership by itself. But the concept does exist, just as the Bible doesn't mention the word Trinity, but the concept does exist since the book of Genesis. And, and let's talk about a little bit um, of the membership of the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 47, it says, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. He's talking about a local fellowship, that fellowship. And then he says in Acts chapter 2, 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. When the church began to, to leave uh, Jerusalem and they began to grow in the Roman Empire, in order for a person to join a church, that person had to confess his faith in Christ and had to proclaim that he will 
return. And, and these normally occur during the time of baptism. So church membership was not invented by pastors, by church leaders, by church growth experts. Membership is the natural result of the gospel itself. So if you are here this morning and you are not a member of a church in particular, let me tell you why you should join a church. By joining a church, you make visible your commitment to Christ and his people. Yes, there are a lot of benefits, by, a lot of benefits you get by attending a church. There are a lot of benefits you get by being a member a church, uh, of a church. But I want to tell you that there is a difference between regular attendees and members. And that can be summarized in one word, and that is commitment. If becoming a Christian means committing to Christ, becoming a member of a church means committing to other Christians. It is a commitment to a specific group of people, a specific group of believers. It is to practice the one another of the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5 says, They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Paul is talking about two kinds of commitments. He's talking about this church in Macedonia and, and the believers in, in Macedonia, the local church in, in Macedonia. And he is talking about two types of commitments. He says, they committed first to the Lord and then to us, says Paul. Yes, the Macedonian church, the local church in Macedonia, they heard about the need that the, the church in Jerusalem had and, and they decided to, rise, to raise an offering for them. And, and, and they set a very good example because the Macedonian churches gave generously. Despite their needs, Paul says, they did more than we had hoped. They gave themselves. Yes, they gave with great uh, generosity and with an awareness of being part of a local church and, and, and an awareness of helping another local church in Jerusalem. So when you join a church, you make a commitment, a commitment to serve, a commitment to take care of God's people, a commitment to shepherd God's people, because we are a kingdom of holy priests. Because we are, yes, we are the Lord's flock of sheep, uh, but also God tells us that we are holy priests. So when we are sheep, at the same time we are shepherds, we are pastors. And, and I think that many of us can recite John 3.16 by memory. John 3.16, and in, in different translations, King James Version, New, New International Version. I have it here in the New Living Translation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Many of us know that verse, John 3.16. But what when we mention 1 John 3.16? There is a difference there. 1 John 3.16 says, says, we know 
what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. It is easy to remember John 3.16. Yes, because God loves us so much. But first John 3.16 says, we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. The phrase one another, this phrase is found more than 50 times in the New Testament. We are commanded to love one another, to admonish one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another, to edify one another, to pray for one another, to be hospitable to one another. These are just some of the commitments that we have as a local body, as a, as a local church. And you know, we have these commitments, but we also have responsibilities. We have responsibilities. Membership in the local church makes us accountable. There's mutual accountability in the church. Have you ever thought about your responsibility as a member of a church? The truth is that many of us struggle with the word responsibility. And the church today has many attendees who don't want to feel accountable or responsible. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says, I am writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how, most, how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. So Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, and Paul lists a lot of things on how a pastor, a deacon, even their wives must conduct with the household of God, with the family of God. But you know, the responsibility is not only for, for the leaders, it's for the whole church. We are responsible for each other. And one of our responsibilities is to attend church regularly. I know with, with COVID it's a little bit different, it's a, bit, a little bit challenging. But yes, as a baptized Christian and member of a church, you, are res you have the responsibility to attend church regularly. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Another responsibility is to help preserve, to help protect the gospel. Yes, as a baptized Christian and as a member of a church, you are responsible for protecting and preserving the gospel and the ministry of the gospel in your church. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul writes to this church and he says, I am shocked that you, you are turning away so soon from God because you're following a different gospel. Paul is writing to the church in Galatia and he's rebuking them. He's rebuking the local church. He says, I am shocked that you're turning away from God 
very soon. What this means is that you are responsible for studying the gospel and know it. Can you summarize the gospel in 60 seconds or less? Can you explain the relationship between faith and good works? Why is it important for a Christian to affirm the doctrine of the Trinity? Can you explain what someone needs to do in order to be saved? These are just some of the questions you are responsible for answering in order to protect the gospel. Another responsibility we have is to attend members', members uh, meetings, also known as business meetings or business sessions. And, and yes, it is true. Business meetings have a bad reputation. There are many people who have created disputes and even insurgent movements have come out of the business meetings. But don't let bad examples give up on church. Don't let bad examples give up on church. You know, I've been in different churches where uh, I've been in the business meetings and I feel that Calvary is, is one of them where, where you feel like a warm, encouraging and, and engaging family gathering. And part of that depends, yes, on the leadership of the pastors and how they plan those meetings. But also part of those meetings to, to have this feeling is up to you. And then we have other responsibilities, disciple other members, sharing the gospel with the outsider, giving tithes and offerings. The Bible gives us authority to us believers. The Bible gives us authority. And with authority comes responsibility. And even that sounded like a quote from a movie. The Bible gives us authority, and with authority comes responsibility. By joining a church, you become accountable for what your church teaches and also for discipling each member. You are responsible for taking action if uh, Pastor Guarneri or any other pastor from the staff begin to preach a false gospel. You are responsible for helping the member candidate understand the gospel properly. You are responsible for discipling the children, the youth. You are responsible for making sure such a uh, member is disciplined or in its case excluded from the local church if his life or actions are no longer consistent with what is healthy for the church. And also by joining a church, uh, it helps us in the process of sanctification. Sanctification, what is sanctification? I'm, I'm gonna get there, but it is true. Uh, the church has always been messy. And, and the church will continue to have problems because it involves so many sinners. But the problems and mistakes that we have made in the past as the body of Christ should not discourage us because we are in the process of sanctification. We are in the process of sanctification. And knowing that God is working, even in the midst of the messiness of the church, that should motivate us. In the doctrine of salvation, 
we have several steps, and, and one of them is uh, the regeneration. It's when, when, when we accept Christ in our heart, and, and then uh, we experiment this new birth when we are born again, and we are part of the universal family of God. But then comes sanctification. Sanctification is a continuous process that we experience throughout our entire life. Sanctification depends also on the continuous actions of God in the believer and consists of the believer's also continuous struggle against sin. So sanctification means growth, growing to be more like Christ. And yes, the truth is that to be more like Christ, we need each other. Certainly, the Spirit is the one who does the work, but we must also do our part so we continue to grow in sanctification. So how can the church help us in the process of sanctification? Well, well, the church is the place where you can put your spiritual gifts to practice. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. And some of those, those gifts are administration, um, discernment, evangelism, hospitality, leadership, mercy, teaching, generosity, and the list can continue. And, and the key for the spiritual gifts is grace. The more we grow in grace towards others, the more we are becoming like Christ. And that is the goal. That is the goal, to become more like Christ every day. And the Apostle Paul, he was even being sanctified while he was serving, while he was ministering others. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, sanctification, but I press on, the, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Another aspect in this uh, sanctification process is communion. By celebrating communion, we remember that the Lord is coming and, and we do it as the body of Christ and that should motivate us to sanctify ourselves. He will come a second time and he has called his people to like Ephesians chapter 2 says, he has caused us to live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loves us and offers himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Yes, for centuries, the church, uh, for God to live a life filled with love. But now we have the opportunity to be a member, a participant of a church, to make a commitment, to be responsible, and to enjoy the process of sanctification 
with others. So I want to encourage you. When you think about church, when you think about uh, the gathering, when you think about the community of faith that you are attending, I want you to not only be a spectator, be a participant. That you give your gifts for its betterment and receive everything from the church. Not only the things that you prefer, not only the good things, but also the most difficult things such as discipline or, or rebuke. These are the things that will sharpen us and allow us to grow with other believers. So I want to encourage you, if you attend this church or any other church where the Bible and, and sound doctrine is taught, and you're not a member, I invite you to take the necessary steps to not only be a spectator, but be a participant in God's redemptive story in a local church. Be a participant rather than a spectator in your local church. Accept the responsibility we have as church. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning and thank you. Thank you for giving us and giving us these examples we, found, we find in the Bible to love one another, to respect one another, to, um, to pray for one another. Help us being the church. Help us being participant and only, not only spectators. Help us um, share and spread the gospel and, and help us to grow. Yes, we have many times difficult with the word, difficulties with the word responsibility. But Lord, we ask you to work in our hearts and accept that responsibility as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So right now, we have this time of response and... and um, I invite you to, to meditate in, in your head, in your head uh, about the responsibility that we have as church. And if you're not a member of a church, we invite you to take the necessary steps to become part of a church. So right now, uh, I also remember you that uh, uh, we have the boxes, the black boxes, uh, to give your tithes and offerings. Uh, there's also the opportunity to give online through calvarymacallen.org. And uh, let, us, let us sing this song and, and think of what God wants you to do as a member of a church.